Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Emilio Pagan, who's got a really good arm, coming back with a couple years of control and panic in the rotation. You know, I can understand the deal from the Twins' perspective. Now you got a starter and a reliever for your closer. Remember, they played last year without Rodgers, who had that injured tendon in his finger. But I guess the question is, who now becomes the closer in Minnesota? And, you know, Rodgers stepping in. I'll tell you, San Diego, give A.J. Prother credit, man. He doesn't stop. He's, he is talking and talking and talking, trying to improve his team uh, marginally and in, in, even on the margins a little bit uh, any way he can. So interesting trade. Mm. Reckless speculation. Yes. Welcome to Reckless Speculation Thursday here on Mackie and Judd to all who celebrate Doogie from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department is joining us, and we were at first we were going to you know speculate on what the rest of this Twins trade could be, but it comes down officially as we go live here, a rare live edition of Mackie and Judd on the Score North YouTube channel. So, gentlemen, the Twins aren't playing on opening day, but they are making more moves. What's going on, folks? Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Judd, on, Judd unmute your Thursday. microphone so you can chime Judd in. Judd has no idea. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm many, a mess. Many, many what is happening right in. now? Yeah, Judd has a, no idea. Before I'm we went live, there was a technical difficulty in the Zolgad household. Yeah, it shocks it, Shockingly, yeah. <laughs> he now has his mic muted. He'll figure it yeah. out at some point. But good morning, oh? Phil. Good morning, Declan. If Judd can hear me, good morning, I, Judd. Hi, Doogie. Happy Reckless I can, Speculation yes. Thursday. Happy Frozen Four Thursday. Happy Masters. Thursday. Oh, yes, yeah. so much to get into. So what I was going to say was, before I was so rudely interrupted by my mute button, what I was going to um, expound on was you guys and your reckless speculation, you guys are always making up these crazy trades, these things that are never going to happen. You know, the Twins aren't trading their closer on opening day of the baseball season. There's no way, right? Like, why do you guys even talk? Oh, hold on a second. This is what I love about sports. It is. If you, uh, if, if you embrace the reckless speculation lifestyle, I think you, you're, you're never surprised when big moves go down. So here's what it is. Heading to the Padres, Taylor Rogers, who makes $7.3 million this season and is a free agent after the season is over. He's 31 years old. I always get the feeling that his arm is about to fall off, too. So I, don't know. I mean, like any pitcher's arm could fall off. But, <laughs> but uh, one year of Taylor Rogers going to the Padres. Brent Rooker. Also going to the Padres. And then coming back to the Twins, Chris Paddock, who at one point, like three years ago, was a top 35 Baseball America prospect who was lights out in his first season from Double A in 2019. 
Uh, so he's under team control for three seasons starting in 2022. He sputtered a little bit the last couple of years, but major upside. You get him for three years. He's 26 years old. He slots into your rotation. And then Emilio Pagan is the other piece here. Uh, these guys combined, by the way, make about $5 million. And Pagan is under club control through this year and next year. He was the Rays closer in 2019 for a stretch, saved 20 games, sputtered a little bit in September last year. He was actually pretty lights out through the first five months of the season last year. Uh, so I love this trade. Brent Rooker is just, he's like, he's going to be 27 years old. He's just kind of a guy, you know, big college bat, but it hasn't come to fruition yet. He's kind of positionless. And Taylor Rogers is awesome, but he's a free agent. And it's easier to patchwork the back of a bullpen than to find top caliber, high upside arms. So I think this caps, maybe not caps, because there's other moves that probably need to be made for the Twins to really be true World Series contenders, but... This has been a really good offseason, I think, for Derek Falvey. Dukes, what do you think about this trade? It's been a really entertaining offseason. Heck, it's been a really entertaining four weeks, right? Think about all the moves since March 7th or March 8th. Yes, Phil, on the surface, moving a reliever that's a free agent in the winter, plus really a DH, with all due respect to Brent Rooker. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe San Diego can get him some at-bats as a DH, but I just don't see him being any sort of positive in the outfield. So to me, he is a DH. Now, I could argue, if I'm the Twins, I keep Rooker over Kyle Garlick, plus the Twins now need to make a 40-man roster move to add Garlick to the roster. But that's fine. For a second straight year, they choose Garlick. So that's fine. You send Rooker out because you decided he wasn't going to make the team, plus this reliever with one year of control for a starting pitcher with three years of control and a reliever with two years of control. Yes, on the surface, it makes all sorts of sense. The Twins will also send some money San Diego's way to even things out money-wise. Yeah, so the rotation now is, I, I mean, this is probably going to change, and, the, and the, not not all these guys are stretched out to the degree that they might be in a month or two, but Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, Chris Paddock, Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, and then I'm guessing Bailey Ober moves to the bullpen for now, or maybe they go like six man rotation. Well, yeah, or something. I mean, I wonder if, yeah, and Derek Falvey is supposed to do a Zoom, Judd, to answer your question. I think it was more off mic, not on mic, but we should have some availability with Falvey at some point today via Zoom, not in person. So that question will come up. But Phil, I guess I would not be shocked, at least early this season, if we do see a six man rotation on Paddock. Back in September, he received a stem cell injection, slightly torn UCL. Now, he's performed okay, you know, going back the last few weeks. The Twins did have a scout, in fact, multiple scouts in Arizona, monitoring him and others, including Montes, Manaya, some others in Arizona. But the Twins had at least one scout watching Paddock throw going back the last handful of days. The velo, I was told, was 94-95, so all seems okay. But I think there needs to be a little bit of trepidation just saying, okay, Paddock, go in and throw us 85-90 pitches next Monday or Tuesday. So I'm just saying we'll find out later today, Phil. Yeah, eventually five-man rotation makes sense. Move somebody to the bullpen. But for the time being, I guess I would not be shocked if it's a six-man rotation. This is definitely a gamble on the, the twin side because what you just said, Dukes, is incredibly important. 
like you don't like the the ulnar collateral ligament is not just uh well it might it <laughs> hopefully it's fine but what this is boys is hysterically funny because when you consider what the vikings are, are doing this is literally what you would call this type of trade a competitive rebuild because you're trading a a closer who is good but you almost traded him and tried to before he got hurt at the deadline last year the key to this trade to me from the Rodgers standpoint is not, you know, this guy's so good. How can you trade him? You, He's going to be, or he was going to be an important part of your team. The key to this trade is his contract, right? Because his contract, and, and we'll get to this in a second, Dukes, but I think an important question that I have not seen reported on yet that I think be, uh, comes back to being an important part of this discussion is, was, was Rodgers at least engaged by the Twins to get a feel for, can we sign you long term? But all of that being said, this is somewhat of a gamble on the Twins' part, but you get two pitchers, including a starter, under team control. You get a guy out of the bullpen who can throw hard, who, like Paddock in 2019, was good. If this works, great. And the Rooker thing, I can't – like, I know that it came out uh, – I think there were rumors last night it might be Larnick. Okay, I'm out there. I'm, prob- I'm probably not going to trade him. But if it's Rooker and Rodgers – Rodgers is your biggest loss of those two, and it's very important to point out there was a chance, right or wrong, that the team thought we probably can't re-sign him, so let's try and maximize his value right now. But it is literally the definition of what a competitive rebuild is, which is trying to retool but still compete at the same time. I agree with that. I will answer your question, Judd. The Twins never engaged Rodgers' camp in any sort of extension talks. Yeah, he's 31. There's not interest shown mm-hmm. in signing him to a long-term deal. In fact, if he doesn't get hurt last July 26th, something like that, a handful of days before the trade deadline, they were going to trade him. Like 95% certainty he was going to move July 30th or July 31st of last year if he doesn't hurt the finger a few days prior, but I'm just telling you, no, the answer is no. The twins never had any interest in extending Taylor Rogers. Now for Rogers, I think this is a pretty good move. San Diego can use a lefty reliever. San Diego needs a closer. So for Rogers, as he hits unrestricted free agency in November, I think for him to monetize the situation to to the best that he can being in San Diego is, is a better opportunity than being here. So, and let's get into kind of what the Twins bullpen looks like after Taylor Rogers here in a second. But just to put a bow on the UCL partial tear thing, the initial, I'm just going back. So did he get Tommy John? He had a UCL tear in like 2016. So has has Paddock already had one Tommy John? I'm, I know I'm putting you guys on the spot here. If you don't know, that's okay. We can. I'm googling. I'm attempting to multitask, yeah. which is always dangerous. And then the the and I always get nervous about the partial UCL tear, and you try to rehab. But I know that there's some different treatments now that maybe didn't exist ten years ago. Yes. So you know, I'm I'm sure, you know, if it, if he it did. was he 2016. Okay. So. So, so he might be. Maybe he's headed for his second Tommy John. For all we know here, which would be yeah, just classic twins slope. bad luck. Yeah, Tommy John surgery in 2016. Yeah. So I think I I think a guy like Paddock, who again was three or four years ago, he was one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. He comes out rookie season from Double A. He's lights out, and he sputtered for a couple of years. But like 
you don't just get him and another good reliever for a year of Taylor Rogers and a throw in like Brent Rooker, unless there's something on like it's a it's sort of a you know buy as is price tag here. And so I, I think that's the thing to watch, right? How it does is. his elbow now, feel? This is more fitting for reckless speculation Thursday. I hope this doesn't get aggregated. But having a few conversations this morning with people in the know, one person suggested to me a big reason why these Mets-Padres talks fell apart a week or so ago where Hosmer was going to go to New York, Paddock was going to go to New York, an outfielder was going to go to San Diego, that New York had all sorts of questions about Paddock's medical situation yeah that that was a big reason why the Mets decided to back out of those talks it's interesting it's very interesting by the way uh Eno Saris who's a friend of score north mm-hmm. and he does a lot of uh, baseball analytics writing for the athletic yeah he's fantastic so this is this is you want some meat and potatoes you want a scouting mm-hmm. breakdown of Chris Paddock here I'm going to read this tweet that he sent out this morning all right he says Chris Paddock has a good changeup, and by pitching plus pushed his curveball to an average pitch last year. By doing so, he cost his fastball some ride, and that pitch slipped below average, but that's where the upside is. If he can get the ride back on his fastball, it could still click. Well, let me add one more thing to that equation. I had somebody this morning tell me that if you had to rank, in terms of analytics, Major League Baseball organizations, the Padres would be near the bottom, certainly bottom third. That there is a thought, both Paddock and Pagan coming here, the Twins are more analytically inclined than San Diego, that both these pitchers feel like they can have more success here than they had in San Diego because of that. Is that a Wes Johnson thing, too? Because, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he know, was using going... analytics at Arkansas, yeah. Exactly right, but I mean... Go... But they have Josh Kalk. Yeah, I mean, there's there's multiple fingerprints all over the, the Twins pitching analytics. But yeah, certainly Wes Johnson leads the charge. Right, because I, I think when, when we when we left off after 2020, Wes was seen also as a guy that, that could that could mold guys. Like 2021 obviously did not go well. Um, so do we think that this knocks Ober out, or do we think that this is also a safeguard? Because I'm going to tell you flat out, I do not trust Dylan Bundy. Like, I think that's a flat-out, just a, a flyer gamble. Two years ago, in the pandemic, shortened season, he was good. But then he fell apart. And like that, it might turn out. It might work. I don't know. But I saw that move as a definite hold your breath and, and hope that you can make some alterations there and turn his career around. So I wonder if this actually goes after a guy like that a bit more. Because if Paddock's arm holds up and shoulder, I think that you have more of a uh, um, more of a chance that he's going to have a very positive impact on your rotation than a flyer guy like Dylan Bundy. Well, I mean, the velocity with Bundy worries me, right? Yeah. That he doesn't throw much beyond 89, 90, 91. Judd, I'm just telling you, I would not be shocked if, if it's a six-man rotation initially. You know, I wonder if at some point, though, does Ober move to the bullpen? Do they send Josh Winder to St. Paul? Now, yes, Winder looked good in Fort Myers, but he's yeah. only made how many AAA starts? Declan, maybe you can look this up. Sorry to put you to work. Four? That's fine. Five? Okay, Declan's busy watching Tiger knock in par putts on yeah, the uh, first hole. Oh, I know. He's chipping. Oh, yeah. he's chipping By the way, he hit the, fair, he hit the fairway on the first drive. I don't he know did? why you were freaking oh, out. He was, too he much was, going on right yeah. now. 
I agree. Right. I'll you do can my make job the now. cut. Just write that down, okay? Just write that. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, the okay. point is, Winder has barely made any starts at AAA, right. even though he's 25, so he's not young. But, like, could you send Winder to St. Paul for a little bit more seasoning? Figuring Winder, I think, has a good chance to be in this rotation before the season yeah. is over. I want, I'm going to step in here, Judd, and I'm going to fight you and defend Dylan Bundy's honor for a second oh here because – Look at us right now. We went from talking twins like two and a half times in seven months to now I'm going to spend a chunk right. defending All Dylan right. Bundy's Let's honor. You okay? Defend the garbage heap signings. So the uh, the wow, look at this. So the the Baltimore <laughs> hey, what, Orioles. This is the garage sale, Marge. Hey, the, I got a Dylan Bundy, real cheap. No, the Baltimore Orioles about ten years ago they went out and they spent first round picks. They, they they had one of the best young stables of arms. So Dylan Bundy's a former number four overall pick by the Orioles back in 2011. Uh, Kevin Gausman was a first-round pick, fourth overall the next year by the Orioles, 2012. The Orioles were so bad with young pitchers. And you could put Jake Arrieta in this mix, too. He was drafted. I think he was drafted by the Orioles, but he was a young pitcher in the Orioles system. was kind of a train wreck. Then he has to go elsewhere to finally you know, click. I don't know what they were or weren't doing, but they wasted so many great young arms, and it takes a while to undo that Orioles wiring. So Kevin Gausman... Goes to San Francisco. He bounced around from from Baltimore to a couple other teams. Goes to San Francisco. In the last two years, Gausman's been one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. It finally clicked at age twenty nine thirty. Dylan I was hoping Bundy. The Twins were going to sign him in the winter. Yeah, they weren't really engaged. He got big money from Toronto. Going back to the twenty twelve draft, the Twins actually liked Gausman a lot. Phil, like if they had the third pick and Buxton and Carrera were off the board. Gossman, not Mike Zanino, probably would have been their pick. Yeah. He, now, remember, he, they had pick two. Correa goes one. They take Buxton. If they had pick one, it would have been close between Correa and Buxton. They loved Correa. If Houston had gone Buxton number one, the Twins 100% would have taken Correa number two. Yeah, and 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 so, so Gossman just had to get out of the Orioles' ecosystem, just shake it off for a couple of years, get with a real pitching organization, which San Francisco is, and, and boom, he realizes his upside. He's a Cy Young candidate. And Dylan Bundy, the minute he steps foot outside that train wreck Orioles organization, he's ninth in Cy Young voting. I get it's a pandemic year in 2020, and it was only 11 starts, but, yeah. but he was strikeout rate was up. Walk rate was down. Like he was, he was pitching the best he ever has. Now, last year, I can't explain that. I can't really defend why he was terrible last year. But all I'm saying is Baltimore butchered young arms and just getting them out and getting them into a different system, you might see the. I, I love taking a gamble on a former number four overall pick here, so I don't call that quite a garbage heap signing it. It's not like a Kevin Correa type signing. I wouldn't Correa call it a garbage signing. heap signing. I don't yeah, mind I mean, the gamble. The so you that way, I you think stop the Dylan Bundy it. slander, Judd I, I don't mind the gamble. What I'm saying is I prefer to get a real pitcher. He, but, well, I mean, okay. they tried to some what, extent. I mean, they got Sonny they Gray. Frankie an offer. No, no, no. They were no, willing I'm, to pay Kikuchi three thirty six. You're not you hearing know, me right. I like I like the paddock acquisition more than Dylan Bundy. So, how and would I you like have filled Colbert. out their five rotation spots? I mean, I listen. We, we all agree. Trade trade for Frankie Montas. I think we. Does yeah. anyone not want to trade for Frankie Montas? Well, so we all agree I don't there. think. Put it this way, Phil. Like them acquiring paddock. Doesn't stop their interest in Montes. In fact, he made a simulated start over the weekend. I'm told the Twins had a scout there on a backfield watching Montes. I will, like I twins, will, I will bump Dylan Bundy from the rotation for Frankie Montes. That correct. is where I, I mean, do. That is where I do done, not die on the hill. <laughs> yeah, the Twins have done a lot of homework on Montes. When not if I firmly believe this, Phil. 
it's when, not if at this point, right? Like when the A's trade Manaya a few days ago, when they move Olsen, when they move Chapman, it's when, not if, yeah. that they are going to move Montes. That when that time comes, whether it's May, June, July, the trade deadline is August 2nd, so maybe it's August 1st. Maybe it's the morning of August 2nd. But whenever that time comes, I firmly believe it'll come this year, the Twins will be heavily involved. And we we discussed this, I think, uh, two or three days back, and I still think it's very, very true. For anyone that's concerned about, but the bullpen, Rogers, but the bullpen, I would far rather be faced with trying to make changes in the bullpen on the fly than the rotation. So, so like, this is... Yes, this is a loss. I'm not trying to say who cares. But that being said, if my if my choices are well, I've got a rotation that I is okay, but I don't love it, or or okay, now I'm going to have to make some changes in the bullpen. I think bullpens can evolve and change and yeah. be absolutely yeah. fine. It's rotations, so much easier. easier. Rotations, I I much prefer stability, and, and this at least takes another step towards uh, as opening day approaches on Friday providing rotation stability. Yeah. 100%. To me, so many relievers are cyclical, yeah. right? So, yes, there's actually still some free agents out there that I think can contribute. I'm not suggesting, you know, they're Taylor Rogers-esque, but, like, Brandon Kinsler is a free agent right now. I'm told he threw for a couple teams the other day. Not the Twins, but he is out there. There's some other guys. Plus, yeah, June, July, Judd, you can trade for a reliever relatively easily. Plus, does Pagan recapture some of that 19 and 20 magic? Phil, you mentioned it. I mean, he did close for the Rays in 19 for a decent stretch. He was pretty darn good for the Padres in 20, Mm -hmm. including five playoff appearances for the Padres in 20, zero earned runs. He was good for a decent stretch of last year outside of a nine-game stretch at the end of the season, I will add on Emilio Pagan. He has picked up a splitter. He learned it from Kirby Yates. He has a good relationship with Ooh. Kirby Yates. The splitter, in his mind, has been really, really good this spring. That Pagan feels like that splitter will help him elevate his strikeout totals this year. Yes. Okay. Let's Let me sl- add one note on Pagan, by the way. Here's another note on Pagan. So I'm told the Tampa Bay Rays had interest in reacquiring him, that the Padres and Rays had some trade dialogue. The Rays were trying to make a move for Emilio Pagan. We know how smart that Rays front office is. So that can tell you if the Rays wanted Pagan back, the Twins might have done something right there. One hesitation for the Rays. I'll let you read between the lines. One hesitation for the Rays. They have eight or nine games in Toronto, right? Same division, American League mm-hmm. East. Let's just say Emilio Pagan right now is not eligible to pitch in Toronto. Yeah, I'm. I'm so. I mean, and that's not a that what the Twins play three games in Toronto. Oh, so I wouldn't worry. Yeah, from a Twin standpoint, no big I'm, deal. I'm just. And by the way, the character. I checked with somebody who was in San Diego. Let's just say these two guys, Paddock and Pagan, high character guys. That's a theme. We're going to get into some of that in the second half of the show here. I know Judd's got a lot of thoughts on sort of clubhouse chemistry that we'll get to. Well, Let's, uh, Donaldson we, being gone is a big deal. We got to talk more about what the bullpen looks like here, but uh, you know, I think it would be prudent for all sides here if maybe they took one or two of these new pitching acquisitions to Mayo Clinic Square just to make sure everything is checked out okay, okay? So Mayo Clinic, you know, obviously the clinic in Rochester, world-renowned, but they also have 
the clinic in downtown Minneapolis, right across from Target Center, and they are accepting new patients, men of all ages, for any men's-related issues, cancer screenings, treatment. Go get checked and go make sure that you are ready and rocking for this baseball season or just for your summer. Request an appointment at menshealth.mayoclinic.org. That's menshealth.mayoclinic.org. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Chill Boys. I know that uh, the long underwear is probably going to come in play for uh, for decks at opening day Damn tomorrow. Right. It's still a little bit chilly. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for the most comfortable underwear in the world and you're looking to replace all your old underwear and boxer briefs like we basically have with Chill Boys and Bamboo Fabric and Athletic Fit. They're a Minnesota-based company. You can find them online at chillboys.com. Tell them Score North and or Purple Daily sent you. So, you know, the biggest question a lot of people have is, well, now who's going to close games? And, yeah, like, that's a question. I think the I think the better question is, who is the firefighter reliever? Like, who's the, like Taylor Rogers was not really the closer. He was the firefighter reliever. He might come in in a tie game in the seventh last year. He, I think he had like nine saves. But who's that guy? And then who's closing games? And they're going to have to figure it out in April. Tyler Duffy, I think Jorge Alcala could actually wind up getting some yep. major late inning run at some point. Duran, uh, Joe Smith has late inning experience. Uh, the left, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the lefties a little bit because Caleb Thielbar was wonderful. But, I mean, at some point, does he turn into a pumpkin? And then uh, Dally, uh, Danny Colum, uh, is it Columbe? Columbe? How do you pronounce Danny's last name? But he will be the other lefty in the pen, it sounds like. So I think I it'll be matchup driven. I'm a big fan of Duffy's. Cologne, he is I in guess. a contract year. Now, that can go the other way, right? Dylan Bundy was in a contract year last year. He went belly up. But oftentimes, guys are motivated as they're approaching unrestricted free agency. The Twins have not approached Duffy, by the way, about any sort of extension. But to me, like, I'd have no problem Duffy getting those key outs. He's gotten enough key outs going back years, but I'd have no problem. But I think it'll be matchup driven. I think Alcala absolutely will get some opportunities. Duran will get some opportunities as well with that 102-mile-per-hour fastball. The great part, boys, is this. Twins trade today, but the reckless speculation doesn't just end with Twins. On the Vikings, dudes, we talked um... – we talked draft a little bit on Tuesday, but tell me what you are hearing about, because I think right now the expectation of the masses is that the Vikings who went defense, defense, defense and free agency are going to do the same in the draft. But as it approaches, what are you hearing about the first round pick and the potential that the Vikings actually pivot and don't go defense? Yeah. I mean, if they go offense, I won't be shocked, Judd. I mean, I think these are all contingency plans they are discussing right now in Egan. Like, I don't think we can sit here with 100% certainty on April 7th and say on April 28th, the Vikings, so I guess it would be three weeks from today, the first round of the draft. I think it would be moronic of us to sit here three weeks out and say 100% the Vikings are taking a pass rusher or a cornerback at pick 12. Among those contingency plans is something we discussed on Tuesday that I was told the Vikings are open-minded to moving down, but that'll come down to how the board shakes out. But I would not necessarily rule out wide receiver. I've heard the Drake London interest. I've heard the Garrett Wilson interest. Not as much Chris Olave, the speedster from Ohio State, more Wilson, more London, that if one or both are staring them in the face at pick 12, and let's say Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback from LSU, is off the board, you know, a pass rusher maybe they like is 
off the board, like Walker from Georgia. But I'm just saying right now, like I can't rule out that possibility, them going wide receiver in mm. the first round. That's so interesting. That is mm. so interesting. I well, kinda I mean, love if it. you look at the Adam I, Thielen I, I, contract, I love Bill, it. are we even sure Thielen is here in 23? No. No. That's but but Doogie, you just hit it. That's the thing is, and again, competitive rebuild, right? Which is can we find Thielen's replacement in this draft? Because you're not going QB and you probably are in 23. So so like the these are all the sort of intricate uh, uh chess games that, that are going to, to be played. But I think you're right. I think that there's a very good chance they're going to try to find Thielen's replacement potentially in the first round this April with Thielen still here. It's it's tough well, because it's like not, you, yeah, ahead, if it's not in the first round, like I would bet now they have a bunch of picks, right? So it's not like I'm going out on a limb saying this, but like I'm positive they are going to take a wide receiver. They just had a few wide receivers in town this week for visits. They had a wide receiver from Nevada. They had a wide receiver from SMU, Gray last name, Tay Martin from Oklahoma State, made it to town, and then food poisoning. So he actually, the visit actually didn't take place. But Uh those were at least three wide receivers, more so middle round or late round guys. But, you know, them having multiple wide receivers in town this week, like I'm reading between the lines on that. Like I'm pretty sure they are going to take a wide receiver at some point. Yeah. It's fascinating because like if you're if you're just trying to win as big as you can in 2022, receiver isn't really an immediate need because you you have three guys that you really trust plus Smith Marset, but you should I think you should be in best player available mode and you should be looking at a 3 to 5 year window. So we'll see what they do. By the I mean, way, it can be. Why can't they be in best player available mode? Yeah. It's not like they 100% need a pass rusher. Or 100% at this point need a cornerback. Now, I get it when you look at the landscape of the 2023 roster, the cornerback position. But we just saw it. There's still some cornerbacks out there. Gilmore's still out there. Right? And there's always a way, even though they keep kicking the can down the road on so many of these contracts, there's always a way to create some cap space. If they need to go sign a cornerback or two this time next year, they can always do that. So, like, I don't think we should be married to this idea that they have to go cornerback in the first round. Like, they can go best player available, and if Garrett Wilson of Ohio State falls, like, maybe you just gobble him up. And Stingley's almost certainly gone now because his pro day time was so good that I I think the expectation now is both Sauce Gardner and Stingley will be gone by 12. Yeah, but there's going to be a good player sitting there at 12, right? Like, we keep saying, yeah, I think this guy is going to go before pick 12. Like, I had somebody yesterday try to sell me on Drake London, the USC wide receiver, who has his pro day. In a few days, the Vikings will have a presence there in Southern California. Let's see how he does at his pro day in a few days. But, like, I had somebody suggest Drake London isn't going to be on the board at 12. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, I've had all these people tell me, this guy's not going to be on the board at 12. This guy's not going to be on the board at 12. There's only 11 guys that will go before pick 12. So I've heard, like, 30 guys won't be on the board. <laughs> mathematically difficult for all those guys. Where do all these guys go? It's They're crazy. All Correct. Oh, the Lions the way, picked seven players. It's ridiculous. Yeah, let me add one Vikings note before we transition maybe to the Wolves, that on kicking the can down the road, the Chris Reed contract has been filed. And no void years. No void years on the Chris wow. Reed contract. Two-year deal. They the resisted the urge. This year, wow. 175. The cap hit does go up. In 2023, slightly, but the cap hit for this season, $1.75 million. That's a good signing. That's a good signing. Just, very just, good signing. just be average right now, at guard. Just be yeah, average. He is, he is the betting favorite, at least in my mind, to be the starter at right guard. 
Now, Cole Strange, a guard from Tennessee Chattanooga, was in town this week for a visit. There's a lot of steam on Strange. So, like, could they potentially pull the trigger on Strange in round two? Yeah. Like, you know, let's see what takes place in that regard. But right now, Chris Reed, former Mankato State football player, teammate with Adam Thielen, Minnesota State Mankato, I would make Chris Reed, not anybody else, I would make Chris Reed the betting favorite, not Jesse Davis. I would make Chris Reed the favorite to start at right guard. A couple things before we get into Doogie's rapid-fire scoops. We can leave with Wolves in that. The cheap poll ads are picking up $6.6 million of Taylor Rogers' salary so that they can Oh wow! So they okay. can get Chris Paddock here. I knew it was this. some money. I didn't realize it would be that much. That's yeah. Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic. Good with God. That. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I have a that's few texts out impressive. on that. I haven't gotten any back. But, yeah. yeah. Cheap Rosenthal ads. beat me to that one. But, yeah, that's... Uh, you know that surprises me. So they're basically eating before. Yeah. So they're eating almost his entire salary yeah. Yeah, to get Paddock and to get Pagan in this deal. And um, well, and that also tells you how much they wanted Paddock. That yeah. they've this wasn't like new dialogue that just occurred after the Mets Padres talks broke down. It's not like the Twins first engaged San Diego three or four days ago. Their interest in Paddock goes back some time. Yeah. And then for those of you, thank you guys for, you know, we don't usually go live on Mackie and Judd unless there is some sort of fun breaking news, and there is on this opening day. Not opening day for the Twins, but the Twins complete the big trade. So if you are watching right now on the Scornorth YouTube channel, click that subscribe button and click the like button so we can spread the word about this uh, community of Minnesota sports fans that you guys are helping us build. Here's how dumb I am. I've always thought this was live. Like, this is breaking news to me that, like, for the first time, we're doing this live. We tape as live. We tape as, as live. live, basically. Well, good. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Possibly live. You know, heck, our radio background, my TV background, I don't know what the heck taping is. You right? should Everything always, always assume it's a hot mic. Always assume you're live and your you know, career is on the line. If water. <laughs> um, and thanks to Federated Insurance also for uh, keeping the lights on here over the years at Score North. And I'm Mackie and Judd. They have been uh, just a wonderful partner for so many business owners in and around and outside the state of Minnesota. They focus on a specialized group of industries, and you can find a list at federatedinsurance.com. And they're not just trying to sell as many policies as possible. They are there with a specialized interest and knowledge in, uh, in various industries. So if you're not familiar, federatedinsurance.com, they can help elevate your business and protect against risk. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, dudes, what do you got? Wolves, rapid-fire scoop, hit us up. Yeah, so Greg Monroe is back for the rest of the season. The Wolves finally making a move is not surprising with that open roster spot. Now, I'll admit, I thought they would convert Nathan Knight from a two-way to a standard deal so he would be postseason eligible. I thought that because I thought Utah would keep Greg Monroe for the rest of the season. So here's how things went down. So last night, Utah plays. Trent Forrest, a good player, but he's on a two-way for Utah, ends up getting hurt. We don't know the severity yet of the Trent Forrest injury, but Utah then circles back in, and says, hey, like, can we get Greg for the rest of the season? And they did want Greg for the rest of the regular season, but at that point, the deal was already agreed to. Greg had agreed to a deal to come back here prior to the Trent Forrest Injury, So he is back, and you think about the possibility of matching up with either Phoenix or Memphis in the first round. Like, you can use another big body. Now, Memphis's guards rebound at a high rate, and, and they turn you over. They get in transition. 
you know, that's how Memphis is really good. But Memphis is also good on the offensive glass. Phoenix has those three big bodies they can throw at you. Aiton, Biombo, JaVale McGee. You know, so like another big body always made sense to me looking at the playoff possibilities. Uh, I just wasn't sure that it would be Monroe because I did think because Utah could have just signed Monroe for the rest of the year. Once he went out there, I thought, ah, shoot. But good. Like this is a move that should have been made weeks ago. The Monroe camp had been in contact with Sachin Gupta going back many weeks. The vibe was the Wolves thought, to me, moronically, but they thought that Torian Prince could hit these incentives. And if he did, that would have put the Wolves over the luxury tax if they had signed Greg Monroe for the rest of the year. So could you imagine if you're Sachin Gupta making that phone call to Glenn Taylor and saying, hey, Glenn, we are $20 over the luxury tax because Torian Prince hit this three-point incentive or this defensive rating incentive. You don't get a piece of the $9 million luxury tax pie. That's what it'll be. Roughly $9 million for the Wolves and other teams that aren't over the luxury tax. That's the highest number of, of luxury tax pie money since the luxury tax came into play. So, like, could you imagine if you're Sachin Gupta trying to retain his job? Which there are still some question marks about that. We don't know if Sachin Gupta will be the, the main decision maker here three, four months from now. But, like, could you imagine if you're Sachin Gupta trying to retain your position, making that phone call to Glenn Taylor and saying, Glenn, sorry, you don't get that luxury tax money. So even though it was like a 0.2% chance, Sachin didn't want to roll the dice until right now when he knows with 100% certainty that Torian Prince is not hitting those incentives. Well, hopefully Greg Monroe can uh, help them avoid a disaster in the plan. All right? I'm yeah. just, I, I'm, 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 Spurs I'm, up t- I'm uptight about the plan. Spurs, Spurs well, you should be. Hot. Like right now, well, I wouldn't worry about the Spurs, Judd, but like yeah. right now, Pop. as it's trending toward Wolves-Clippers like it has for two months, now if Denver loses its final two games, if the Wolves win their final two games, the Wolves do jump up to six. They have the tiebreaker over Denver. But all Denver has to do is either win tonight against Memphis, and Memphis is going to rest at least it looks like Dylan Brooks. John Morant is still out. Now they've got a bunch of good players, so it doesn't really matter. But then Denver also plays the Lakers this weekend. Now does LeBron come back for scoring title purposes? Maybe there's some intrigue there. But then the Wolves would have to beat, I guess where this does count, Judd, is the Spurs have been playing well. So the Wolves would have to beat the Spurs tonight and the Bulls on Sunday. So a lot would need to happen for the Wolves to avoid the play-in. But, Phil, if it's Wolves-Clippers next Tuesday or Wednesday at Target Center – like, Norman Powell is now back for the Clippers. 20-something points last night. Yeah. So he's officially back. Paul George is back. Like, that, You're gonna the have to the Wolves it. have been playing defense, yeah. and the way the Clippers make three-pointers, the Clippers are making three-pointers at a 39.5% clip since the All-Star break. Number one in the NBA. So like the Wolves, the Clippers take a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes. They make threes at a higher clip since the All-Star break than anyone. The way the Wolves have been playing defense, that to me is a troublesome matchup next week. I'll be at Target Center tonight. And I was at Target Center really? when Greg Monroe uh, went off against the Celtics, too. So I will be at Target Center tonight as a member of the fan. Yeah, You're the Greg Monroe nice. whisperer, Declan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Greg Monroe the whisperer. Game. Me and Greg nice Monroe. Dedication. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're, yeah you're missing the, the Gopher game. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a real shame. I'll miss, I'll miss Gopher hockey. Why though. would you so, miss the Frozen Four? You're a hockey guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I mean, I'm not the only one who booted, whatever, whatever, off, whatever. booted off their own network. I'm, I'm going to go to the Twins. I'm going to go to the Timberwolves game instead. It'll be great. <laughs> whatever. Enjoy. 
All right. Doogie, you can find him on 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop podcast on scorenorth.com. Inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Good stuff. What games do we have today, Judd? I haven't even looked at the schedule. Uh, there were supposed to be nine. I think there's seven now because the Twins and Yankees Red Sox got postponed. Perfect. But it's so. a great sports viewing day. We do have some baseball. I don't even know what the matchups are. I know the Brewers Cubs play an afternoon game. Yeah. Then we got the Masters. We got Masters. Gophers hockey. We got the Masters. Wolves Spurs. So, yeah, bring it on. The Masters on yep. CBS. And ESPN Plus. All right. And ESPN Plus. That's right. Yes. <laughs> See you, boys. All right. Bye, dudes. See you, Doogie. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Always. And thanks to everyone who... Hung out with us live here on this uh, this rare live Mackie and Judd edition, but ah, oh, we're just uh, we got the baseball itch now. I didn't think I was going to get it, but credit to Derek Falvey for pulling me in. Did you know that of the twenty eight players on the roster, nine of them have been acquired in the last like three weeks? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and they still have they've they've maintained enough prospect capital. So um, let's we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to the live audience here and uh, and and you can expect something else twins related on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed and the Scornoth YouTube channel later on to plus purple daily. So thanks for hanging out. Reckless speculation Trade talks. juicy rumors. <laughs> all right, yes, reckless speculation Thursday. Happy reckless speculation Thursday to all who celebrate the lifestyle. And if you do celebrate, you weren't surprised by the Twins' blockbuster trade on opening day. You're always expecting moves by our Minnesota sports teams. Let's dive into, for the first time, really in like a year, I feel like, like nine months, Judd's Twins Notebook. You were down on the field, behind the scenes, at the press conferences. You were there for the Twins workout day. Now, it is opening day today on this Thursday, but the Twins aren't going to play until tomorrow because of crappy weather. So uh, let's just throw it to Judd here. What are the most... Interesting things that you have observed being around this team to the start of the season. This team that has nine faces now on the 28-man roster that weren't here a month ago. So the most interesting thing I observed at the workout that they did yesterday. So Buxton and and Baldelli talked before the workout. It was a rainy day. It was a miserable day, but they still were on the field. Um, Doing going through a punishing practice. each other for missing yep. throws. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the, the most interesting thing that I observed during the course of the workout, though, was this the Carlos Correa d- dynamic. And it's just starting. So, like, this is not a this is not a completed thing yet. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, just from first observation of him in a twins uniform, he seems to bring an it factor that I think is going to be incredibly important. Um, he seems to have a because he's not just a great player, but I think he's got that. And you'll you'll know what I'm talking about when I say it. He seems to have that aura around him uh, that some players have, and not every really good player has it for sure, but he does. I would call it in its own way. So there's not this is not an apples to apples comparison, but it feels a little bit like the Nelson Cruz. Um, vibe that players yes. are attracted to it. Players are drawn to to it. Now the it's a nice cool, thing, calm, collectedness. It's well, a, it's a, yeah. And it's not even necessarily like totally calm, but it's a definite. I've got control. But most importantly, and here's the difference. Most importantly, in my opinion, it is a it is magnetic, and guys want to be around it. And guys are attracted to it. 
I think that we have, and this is largely because of the fact that we had no access to the clubhouse for two years, which, which of course coincides with the time that Josh Donaldson was the Twins' th- third baseman. Um, I initially thought when they signed Josh that it was going to be another veteran presence, a guy who was wired tightly, but that would work out well. I thought that Cruz and Donaldson would offset. Everything you started to hear was, no, nah, that didn't, it didn't work. That Josh was a different cat, that he was wired very tight, but he's not a, in a abrasive dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's abrasive. Now here's the problem. And, and I'm going to defend him a little bit here because I think there was a time in baseball where that works. And with a certain team, it probably works. Like if you had plopped Donaldson into the 87 twins, I think it works because that's a, sort of an abrasive team. Like yeah. they're a, they're a beer chugging pizza eating team. If you plug uh, him into like the, the cowboy up red Sox or something, exactly. Right? So, know, right. So swashbuckling. I feel, Cause I don't want this I to just be like a, to just, use the word swashbuckle. Well, wash I mean, they were swashbuckling. But I don't think it's fair to just rip him and say, well, he just he just didn't like care because I think he cared a lot. That being said, I sensed from Correa's mannerisms and how much talking he does and how much guys gravitate towards that, especially the young players, which is obviously important, that the dynamic in the clubhouse is going to be shifted dramatically because of him. And that's a positive. I also, so in the press conference with Buxton before they went out for the workout, I asked Buxton about the clubhouse. And he basically said, it's different. It's night and day different. Um, So I think that the Twins, among their problems, and I'm going to be careful here because I don't want this to, to be, it was all Donaldson's fault, or that the Twins were good but got somehow sabotaged by certain players. But I do think that clubhouse dynamics in all of pro sports, all the sports, are incredibly important. Yeah. Like they can't just it's your, be it's your work environment. Yeah, and and if you have good young players who feel the vibe, I think it helps empower them. And if they don't, I think it hurts them. And that's not a complete excuse for failure, but it is part of the puzzle that goes with what could be a successful team or one that that's not. And I'm not just blaming Donaldson. I think the whole. Andrelton Simmons thing went sideways too. Like oh. I think the whole thing with him <laughs> massively. So like the left side of your infield didn't necessarily galvanize the team. So this is not just one guy, but what I saw, and yes, it's one workout. Okay. So you can say, well, judge, you're reading too much, small sample size. But from what I saw from Carlos Correa, what he brings, not only as a player, but as a player who totally gets his importance, I think this Twins team is going to at least start the season with a clubhouse that is far more comparable to 2019 than the trash clubhouse that they had in, if I'm not mistaken, 2018. Yeah, so many things here. This is uh, so interesting how much things have changed in the last 30 days for this for this club. So let's let's start with let's just start with where you sort of ended there, which is the Donaldson and, and Andleton Simmons pickups the last couple of years i do not want to have i have no desire to have like a vaccination discussion on this show but i will say that like when you have a working environment in which you have very vocal andrelton simmons anti-vax i think that's where donaldson landed as well he didn't talk a lot about it but like 
there something was off with this team in the first couple months, especially. It just it didn't look like they loved playing with each other. They were sort of dead. You know, ultimately, baseball is a series of one-on-one individual matchups that add up to a team sport. It's not as much of a team sport as like football is, where you're trying to get eleven guys to work in coordination against eleven other guys. You know, it's pitcher hitter, pitcher hitter, ground ball to a shortstop, throw to a first baseman, but. When the vibe is off and your working environment is not favorable, and Byron Buxton essentially verified it, answering your question, said the the clubhouse dynamic is night and day different, which means the dynamic was crappy (laughs) beforehand. Mm -hmm. You know, your job as a manager and your job as a front office is in part to create the best working environment for people to perform close to their 100th percentile, right? Like that's, that's a baseball manager's job. And if you've got guys that just don't like being around each other and they're not that tight for whatever reason or they disagree on politics or vaccination stuff, like it can get, I don't know, people are human. So I, t- I totally understand that. A couple things I loved. I love that Carlos Correa came out yesterday and said, this is not my team. Now, you could have taken that one of two ways. You could have said, well, it's not your team because you're here for five minutes making $35 million and then you're going to opt out and go sign an eight-year contract somewhere else. Of course, you're just renting here. Right, But I took it more as he is trying to empower Byron Buxton even more to be the leader of this team. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he went out of his way to say, this is Byron Buxton's team. He sets the vibe. He's the star player. And, and he has been the main focus of two teams that have made the playoffs, even if he's been injured for, you know, those stretches. Right. Um, and, and I love that Rocco came out and said, when asked about the expectation, he said, our expectation is to win a World Series. I don't know that I've heard it put that bluntly and plainly by the front office or Rocco. Am I wrong? Like in the three yeah, or four he, years, no, have he, they flat out said that before? Yes. He, he said it at the beginning of spring training, 2020. Okay. He, he said flat out. And I think he told the players in a meeting at the beginning of spring training that that was the intention. And that's uh, good because that, but yeah, that's that, fine. That's, I don't, and, and, and based on the moves that you've made here in the last 30 days, like you're not just signing Carlos Correa, you shouldn't be, anyways. You're not just signing him to, like, oh, let's see if we can you know, finish above 500. Yep. You know, and there's probably other moves to be made. So I love it. You know, obviously they haven't played a game yet, and there's a lot of questions about their pitching, and they, and they need Kirloff to step into his own and stay healthy this season. But I love everything I'm hearing. I love the moves that they've made. I mean, I think Falvey and Levine made some atrocious moves for two years. Almost everything they did, trade or signing, was a train wreck for like two years. Right. The moves they didn't make at the 2019 deadline. But they've done a great job over the last 30 days. And so I think you have to give them credit and just sit back and see what happens to, to start the season here. And as far as the chemistry goes, too, it's a really interesting discussion because of, of this. I think Rodgers was very popular. Like, you see, I, I think he's a great guy. And, I mean, he was in the d- dugout as they started the workout on on Wednesday, like, going up to everybody. Hey, it's great to be back. Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. So, like, I mean, we're talking about a good guy. Um, but that's what makes these almost, in some ways, chemistry experiments to me of clubhouses and and, uh, players versus people such an interesting dynamic phil is you do have to weigh this on okay this guy's a good guy he's a good player good pitcher but he is in the last year of his contract he's 31 we are almost certainly not going to bring him back and right now we could potentially um use him as a major chip to make a bit to make a trade that's going to get us two pitchers under team control that we like. 
So like this is where the dynamic gets to be so intriguing because from a player standpoint, I love this. Like I absolutely think that this is the correct move. And it also goes to show us that if push comes to shove, these guys, and this is probably true of a lot of executives in baseball, would prefer to trade a guy like Rogers from a prospect who, who we say will just trade him, right? Mm-hmm. But like, if you go to them and say, you could trade right now, prospect number 12, or a pending free agent who you like, but you almost certainly know is going to be done after 2022, we might say, well, trade the 12th prospect. They're going to say, oh, no, no. We'd prefer to trade the pending free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Another thing, too, not to sleep on in terms of leadership. So Carlos Correa, yes. But look at the bullpen right now. Like Joe Smith has pitched. I, th- I think Joe Smith won, a, won. I think he was with the Astros when they won the World Series in 2017. Because he was, I think he got traded to the Astros and they stuck with him for a few years. So you got Joe Smith who has been a rock-solid reliever throughout his career. Um, Sonny Gray has played on some winning teams in Oakland, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Chris Archer has played on winning Rays teams. You know, he, he didn't win a World Series with the Rays, but like I, I, I just kind of love the mix of some of the veterans that they're bringing in here to go along with some of the young talent and some of the... You know, listen, listen to me just guzzling Twins Kool-Aid right now. I swore I, I was wasn't going to do this. this, guy, right this guy, I swore. It feels like, I screw this team, I'm out. <laughs> Well, look what they've done in the last 30 days. Like, to their credit, I mean, they have done work the last 30 days. I feel like you, I feel like you, especially in baseball, at times, skip the wait and see. Like, you're either all out or you're all in. I'm very much like, I like. Well, I'm, I am, I'm I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're like the World Series favorite, right? I mean, the Dodgers have one of the greatest lineups in history on paper. You're so so mad at this team. Yeah. I I bought season tickets. <laughs> I bought season tickets because of what they did. I they we signed Carlos Correa. Signed Carlos Correa. <laughs> I know. No, I'm not. I'm just saying you're. Let's you go. Sway. You sway. You, you know what? Phil needs twin meds. <laughs> Phil needs twins meds to bring him to like a happy, just a medium. A point. doctor comes in, just jabs me in the neck with some. Oh, you need twins, twins tranquilizers. Med. You need these twins meds, Phil. Man. <laughs> oh man. So. I just I just think this front office, they've looked at the last couple of years. They've been here for five years now, and they said, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, if you if you could really get those and get a couple glasses of wine in Falvey and Levine and say, let's look back at these five years, okay? Like, yeah, there's been some winning seasons and whatnot, but you haven't won a playoff game. You didn't really do anything to help the best power-hitting offense in baseball history in 2019, and you wind up starting... Yeah. You wind up with guys like Randy Dobnak and Cody Stashak pitching in these big games, right? Like, what are you guys doing? Yep. You got You still have a good nucleus of young players here. Be aggressive. And they've been creative and aggressive, and they've, they've probably heard some of the criticism, which I think has been warranted the last couple of years. And yep. this is just like, how often have you ever seen in your life the Minnesota Twins say... All right, we're going to go dump this much money on a free agent. We're going to make like three blockbuster trades, and we're just going to, and their payroll is going to wind up being, I think, the highest in team history. I think it's trending toward like $140 million. So, yep. Well, and know, the, it's just, it, it's a it's a fun vibe. The Korea move is great because they sort of got used, but who cares? Like, literally, who cares? Who cares? Okay. Yeah. Let's I'll take them for a year. Oh, it's only one year? 
I'll take him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two things here that I think when it gets, uh, when we're talking about living to a certain point, but probably much more Falvey that I think are really intriguing. One is the roller coaster, the roller coaster clubhouse. 2018, you could not have had a worse collection of people. Lance Lynn signed, was, did, you know, signed late, unhappy. He's good. I'm not saying he, he's not. But, I mean, that was a guy who was disgruntled. Lomo, just a complete dead ass. Um, that clubhouse was terrible. 19, you get Cruz, right? And it's like, oh, my God. That clubhouse was fantastic. Uh, 21 or 20, 21, clearly not as good. Now, potentially, looks good. That's one. The second one, Phil, is this. Do you remember when we went and sat down with Falvey in the winter? Was that four or five years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like great I mean, conversation. It was, it was going into 18. We sat, yeah, we sat there for like an hour and just did a big an hour on Mackie and Judd. Mm-hmm. Great conversation. And you broached this before, but I, I think now it's it's even more important. Uh, he talked about at one point in time the fact that Theo Epstein, when I think was it the Cubs job, that Epstein basically said, I've realized I have problems developing pitching, so I go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can draft, and I'm good at what I do, but like when it comes to, and it's a crapshoot too, drafting pitchers, it doesn't work great. And at that point in time, Falvey was known as the boy genius of pitching. Well, I feel like Falvey either had to come to Jesus or self-realization that relying on drafting pitching is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so now it feels like he's gone far more down that Epstein path, which is absolutely fine. But yeah. the Epstein path of, you know what? It's easier to identify pitching that is is high minors or here and go and get that as opposed to drafting arms. And it feels like, something changed in his philosophy to fully come to the realization that the only way to probably get this right from a starting pitching standpoint is to go in on guys who are established in some way, as opposed to trying to just to cultivate draft. Picks. Well, also I think the twins and, and, and Falvey and Levine fell into this category largely for the first few years too. Like it's not that they didn't make trades or moves like they did, but the Twins have been such a conservative franchise when it comes to trading and, oh, we just got to be gotta be careful. Well, we didn't get a phone call back from that team. And so this, yeah. you know who um, you know who won the World Series last year, right? The Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Their general manager is one of the most aggressive free agent and trade general managers in all of baseball, Alex Anthopoulos. And I believe he spent almost a decade with the uh, Blue Jays, maybe even more than that. He was like, the he at one point. And they didn't, they didn't yeah. win a World Series in Toronto, but it was like the, the Blue Jays were freaking aggressive. Middle market team. Braves, middle market team. Is it, I mean, the Braves and the Blue Jays and the Twins, there's not a whole lot of difference between, like, the revenue that they're operating with and the payrolls. I mean, you know, the Blue Jays stretched their payroll quite a bit for a few years, but they would make big trades. They would make – like there was one off season where the Blue Jays spent the most money. I think they won the free agency winter meetings period, right? A mid market team in Toronto, and it didn't work that well. But be aggressive, and if it doesn't work, it's okay. There's there's always another draft. There's always other free agents you can sign. You know, especially if it's shorter term contracts. So I just I love that they've kind of snapped out of this conservative. Well, I don't know. We gotta be careful. We can't do this. And you know, I put on Twitter last night. 
just as a reminder, because I do think there's a there's still a Frankie Montage discussion. He's the the ace starter for the Oakland A's who, you know, finally was able to to break out in a big way last season. And um the Twins are one of four teams, according to the most recent reports, that are still in conversations with Oakland. They are going to trade Frankie Montaz. The, the Red Sox are in on him, and he would be the Twins' best starting pitcher. They, and they've got a couple guys at the top that you like right now, but he would be the number one starter above Joe Ryan and and above uh, Sonny Gray. But it's probably going to cost you, especially now that there's a bidding war and there's two years of team control, it's probably going to cost you a Royce Lewis or, you know, it's it's going to cost you one of your best prospects. And I say, who cares? Like, I put a list out. I just found last night, I went back through Baseball America and grabbed a, a top 10 Twins prospect list from, like, 05, another one from 07 or 08, and then one from, like, the early 2010s. And I just tried to cover the last 20 years of Twins prospects. So there was, like, 40 or 50 prospects listed on these on these top 10 or 15 lists. And how many of them would you actually, in retrospect, consider untouchable? That, like, if you would have traded this guy, it would have been a huge mistake. Maurer and Morneau were on one of the lists. Buxton, but I mean, he's always hurt. Like, would you have really regretted trading Buxton seven years ago or something? Um, you know, probably he's played one season over a hundred some games, right? Yeah. yeah. So, oh, he's really good. No. So like, like very sure. rarely do you look and say, right. man. And even if the guys pan out, if it helps you win big in a certain season, I mean, the Cubs gave yes. up some legit young players that panned out when they yes. traded for Araldis Chapman. But guess what? Araldus Chapman was the final piece to a World Series puzzle that hadn't been completed for over 100 years. So just be aggressive. And they are. And it's going to get some butts back in some seats. It's got Declan to buy season tickets. Twins are thrilled about God, that, I'm by so the way. Twins are th- I, I, my sources say that twi- the Twins are thrilled. Declan Goff on board. You, man. Right. Me, not so much. Hey, 15% I'm off food and free. beverages now. I'm a season ticket holder. 15% off beers. That adds up. Good After beer three too. or four beers, that adds up. That's good beers. Yeah, if, if that's, that's a free if beer that's after a, like the really fourth or fifth. That's beer. a really good deal. Yeah. Let's go on the record real quick. What do we, before we get to old tweets exposed here? You know, yeah. general win range. Give me like a like a like a, a win range within three wins. And oh boy, and do you I'm think serious. they do you think they make the playoffs? Do you think they win their first playoff game in eighteen years? Eighty four wins. Eighty four wins. Last wild card team in, and they win a damn <laughs> playoff game. I see. I think they're going to get off to a decent start and mm-hmm. add. I think they're going to be buyers. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's around 90 wins. Okay. And I think they win a playoff game. I think they finally win a playoff game. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Judd. Oh god, I went 97 wins last so? year. Um, I'm going 82 wins. I'm going 82 wins. They fight for that last wild card spot and they miss it because Buxton gets hurt. There he is. Wow, oh, there it is. There right he there. Is. Judd there, there he is. Hey, look, look, I I asked Buxton yesterday. I flat out said, "What can if I said, let's pick a number of games." I said, "Let's say 150. What can a healthy Byron Buxton do?" I give him credit. He basically said, "Well, a, a lot, but I can't really talk about it because I have not held up my end of the bargain health wise yeah. yet. So good Dude, for if him. He, if he plays a but buck 50, he wins gonna, the MVP. And I'm going to tell you right now, seriously, that to me is the season. Like if he plays 150, this team could be really good. Yeah. If so, he plays 70, I, it's a huge question mark to me. I saw, I can't remember where I saw this yesterday, but 
someone put out a wins above replacement per 150 games graphic yesterday. It was like fan graphs or something over the last however many years. Tied for first in all of baseball. Yeah. Wins above replacement per 150, Mike Trout and Byron Buxton. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, Mike Trout, now, Mike Trout missed almost all of last year. Right. But he's been extraordinarily durable for the most part. So if he, if he plays 150 games, Byron Buxton, he will win the American League MVP. When Byron Buxton is healthy, he is among the biggest overall difference makers that I've ever seen in watching baseball. Like and you, got him, at, and of, you got him at 82 wins and him and, breaking well, I don't, for, he's not for sure. three I really years. think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, Buzz Killington? I was first looking all, for that. The, can you send that to all, me? Yes, I can. I'm the thir- <laughs> first of all, I'm the third guy. I feel like we're Se- going to need it. Yeah. Second of all, why, why would I bank? In fact, I think it's bad karma to assume that, that he's going to be healthy. Well, I think I'm it's assuming, bad you, karma to assume that he's – if he's not, it's a totally different year. So, all right. So, Judd's got him on sixty wins. Uh, Declan's got him at eighty-four. I'm not. I, I ain't doing it again. I said they lost a game early in the season opening series to the Brewers, and I remember saying on this show, "They're a good team. They'll they'll bounce. They'll, oh, it's no problem at all. They're going to be a really good team." I'm not doing that again. All right, that's fine. Um, before we get to old tweets exposed here, I know Declan's been dying to talk about golf as we watch Tiger Woods mm-hmm. make his way through the front nine. So, uh, you know, where, where are you going to be doing some golf in this summer? Uh, at the Meadows at Mystic Lake, just uh, down 169 from the Twin Cities. And, and here's what you can also do at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. It's one of the nicest courses. It can, it can be hard to get a tee time, right? Well, you should go and save some money with the Frequent Player Card, which enjoys mm-hmm. discounted rates and merchandise and gives you a three-week advanced tee time booking with the purchase of a cart. And as a frequent player, your golf rate will drop to $75 for an 18-hole round uh, with a cart. And while you're at it, get your grip uh, get your grip regrip for the upcoming season, 20% off in-stock grips at that clubhouse. One of the coolest clubhouses around and that grill, uh, the Meadows Bar and Grill, a perfect spot to watch the Masters right now. Check on yes. check the Masters on CBS and ESPN+. Plus. Uh, we have to start adding that one as well. But the Meadows at Mystic Lake is one of the nicest courses around. They're a new sponsor of Score North. We thank them. Thank you for coming on board. Yeah. Support. Also, support Dennis Kirk. If you like to ride, we're going to get into, you know, baseball season means riding season is close. So if you're a motorcycle guy or gal, they got what you need, parts, accessories, apparel. Ride more and wait less is what they say at Dennis Kirk. Uh, we're talking about some of the best service, the most parts you're going to find in stock. Same-day shipping on orders placed before 8 p.m. And free shipping on orders over $89. So get out on that open road. They ship today. Ride more, wait less at DennisKirk.com. All right, every week Declan finds old incriminating tweets and holds our feet to the fire. It's old tweets exposed here on Mackie and Judd. All right, old tweets exposed. So um, this is more, for Mackie's tweet here, it's not necessarily the exposing. It could even make a case uh, that he was foreshadowing the future. But I want to go back to 2017 at the trade deadline when the Twins were reportedly getting Jaime Garcia. And the deal was on hold for a little bit. And maybe the Garcia deal isn't done because Sonny Gray, Why? who was with the Yankees at the time, yeah. and then five years well, later, the uh, Twins... He, he kind of crashed and burned with the Yankees. Yeah. Well, and I think, Lots of guys do. I think I saw, too, Sonny Gray, a lot of that had to do with uh, Gary Sanchez behind the plate, and the two, like, the two of them had like a six-and-a-half, seven-year array together. So if Sonny Gray, <laughs> maybe keep those guys yeah, away. Yeah, maybe each other do here not have those two uh, on the mound and and on the recipient end of behind the plate, please. But uh, 
Bill, kind of uh, personifying, hey, maybe this Jaime Garcia deal isn't done because Sonny Gray is in the works five years later. Here comes Sonny well, Gray. Well, you know, uh, I, I, I was the hockey whisperer first, but uh, on, the, on the side, I am also the baseball whisperer. Mm-hmm. So I saw it all along. I the statue I, didn't run out on that prediction? No. No. <laughs> it was open. I didn't tell still. you when they were going to acquire true, Sonny Gray. Didn't. I just said that, that they were It's like write that Gray. down. We are just finding loopholes right and left. So okay, yeah, that's good. sounds like a pretty good tweet well, to Phil, expose. Yeah, there. It's a good tweet. I just wanted to like oh, share. Sometimes yeah, nice, old tweets nice exposed. Old tweets exposed. Sometimes old tweets exposed is also proving us we're still right in the long run too, while exposing our 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 funny funny takes as well. Since when do we shine a light on the positive on this program? Uh, we, we try to. We try to. Judd Zolgad, though, uh, at the end of the 2015 season, yeah, the top five candidates for Twins MVP. I just love the list on here. I listed it on today's show. Number one, Miguel Sano. Number yep. two, Eddie Rosario. Number three, yep. Eduardo Escobar. Number four, Trevor Plouffe. And number five, Brian Dozier. Your top five candidates for an MVP season, or MVP, for MVP of the 2015 season for the Minnesota and Twins. And what's, what's funny about this is it's not like it's not like a wrong tweet or anything. Is you're, you're evaluating yeah. a season, but it's just funny to look at these names now and just see. So Snow's still here. Rosario has just been a stud for the Braves. Yep. Escobar has continued to to mash in the National League. Ploof is one of the great baseball content creators on the he's internet awesome. now with John Boy. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. What yeah, an awesome well. thing he's been like he's invested in that company and he's who would have thought like Trevor Ploof. I remember covering Trevor Ploof back in the day. It was one of the most like <laughs> I I can say this. He's not going to he was like pretty insecure and standoffish early in his career. Mm-hmm. And to, to see him just come into his own as a player and as a media guy is cool. And then Dozier, let's see what Dozier does next. But. And that, that was, that was the year that Sano came up around July 1st in Kansas city, right? Correct. 2015. Correct. So, yeah. God, he was, God, he was good. He was that good. That, that was probably Yeah. He worked counts. Weird. He worked counts. What happened? Mm. Don't okay. get it. All right, Dex. All right. What well, you got for yourself? Speaking here? of Brian Dozier. Declan Goff on June 25th, 2016. Yeah, the Twins are losing, but Dozier is regaining his form, and I'm looking yeah, at that's, you. That's the whole problem Dozier with Dozier. Like, yeah. haters. Of course he did. Of oh, course man. he did. Shocking. Hollow, so, so the Twins are. stats. Is this one of those years where they were like 20 games below 500 yes. and then he hits, flips the switch? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Could have used him in April and May. Yeah. I mean, my, what type of guy does that? My, like, what type of guy is trailing late in games? Like, let's say a football game and all of a sudden oh starts boy. to put up great oh stats. Boy. Always have to make it about Kirk Cousins, don't you? Yeah. I was not. Did I bring up any names in particular? I was, that was a hypothetical. Look, I love Declan's just like calling out, looking for a yeah. fight on Twitter. Looking. Doja, come on, Doja, yeah, come, on, haters. come on. Declan likes to do on, that. Man. Declan like Declan really loves that. to fight with fans. Yeah. Internet tough guy. Yeah, what I do? <laughs> not actually tough. Look at, at me, Doja haters. So there it is. Old tweets. Exp- I think Declan wins. Yeah, I win. Calling out Doja haters. That Judd and I were just. I was well, first. Of all, was, I was correct, and Judd was probably right too because he was just listing the MVPs. So, um, all right. Wow, baseball's back. Look at us. We just talked more twins today than we've talked in the last nine months. I don't know why. You you guys never wanted to talk twins. I've been trying to drag this show to twins, and you guys have just sat there. You know, Phil. The audience doesn't want it. I don't know. You know, Phil, (laughs) if you walk out out the door of your abode there and, like, head, I don't know how far the ballpark is, but you have. About About two miles down the street. But you have one of the better teams in the American League, I think, without question. Yeah, they're so, just, just a smidge behind the Twins, probably. 
I don't know about that. Well, well I guess we'll find out. Uh, we'll week. find out. But the uh, Mariners, I think, Mariners what, are, 90 wins last year? Yeah, great. somewhere in there. 80, 90, 90 wins, great and young they, talent. They overachieved quite a bit. Uh, but they, yeah, they got they got a pipeline. Nice team. They got nice that team. Kellenic kid, Jared Kellenic or whatever, the young player. That's the kid they got for the Mets, right? Didn't they get him in a trade with the Mets? Did they? The American League West is loaded. The American League West is really going to be good, I hope. Yep. I think. So, listen, we are uh, we are your home for the best Twins discussions until they decide to... Uh, until Phil gets mad otherwise. at baseball again. It's like, <laughs> don't baseball. blame it all on me. You guys were right there, too. Yeah, I just don't... Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got a lot trades? of... Trades are good. I got a lot of crap from the girlfriend because, like, on our first date, I spent 20 minutes of it bitching about the Twins. And then when I bought these season tickets, she's like, you're a fraud. Like, you, 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 spent, right. you spent 20 minutes right. on our first date... Complaining yeah. about the Twins losing playoff games. Now here you are telling us we're going to opening day and we have season tickets for this season. Like you're she's kind a, of a fraud. She's a hundred percent right. She is. She usually is. How it works. Both of you. Yeah. This should be your wins. alarm every morning. Right, right here. Eighty-two wins. How quickly would she break up with you if that was if that I, on full blast was your alarm every morning? I don't think she. I don't think she would care. She's a big. She claims she's a bigger baseball fan than I am. She's been to like okay. a dozen parks, and I think she actually might be for it. I'll let her know. I'm not so sure on that one. Let's let's wait and see. I've I've heard claims before that don't oh. prove to be true. Let's just say that. Okay. All right. Well, that's a wrap on uh, this episode of Reckless Speculation Thursday. Mackie and Judd got our twins predictions out there. Feedback Friday tomorrow, so we can we can we can talk more twins tomorrow if you want. I don't know. We do what you guys want. We just respond to what the audience wants. If you guys want us to talk more twins, we will talk more twins. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.